I have a confession. I used to be a prop hoarder. And in fact, I was bad. Like I should be in a prop hoarder anonymous meeting like that bad. <laughs> I remember walking down the alleys. I remember being in the gullies of old streets of Bombay. And I was like in dodgy lanes. And you know for what? For one antique folk or to buy that one vintage bowl. Like I was crazy. And if you ask me today whether I've ever used that vintage bowl or if I've ever used that one antique folk, my answer would be, uh, not really. Hello, hello. This is your host, Yutama. Welcome to My Food Lens Podcast, where we talk about everything from food photography, styling to business and mindset. After 15 years as an architect, I switched careers and I'm now a professional food stylist and food photographer based in Singapore. I'm also the founder of the business My Food Lens, where we help clients elevate their brand through drool-worthy photos. My motto is, put your best food forward. Well, here on this podcast, I promise to keep it raw and real and hope you find your answers, action and inspiration as we move through the episodes. Hello and welcome to episode 18. Today we are talking all about candy. I mean, props. <laughs> Aren't props like candy to us? I mean, it's definitely like candy land for me. So as food photographers, we just love props. We go to a store and our eyes just light up, imagining every single piece of utensil as a prop. We walk down the street and we see discarded wooden boards. And instead of focusing on all the ants that are crawling on that board, our first reaction is to visualize that rustic backdrop. And some of us even contemplate what it would take to remove those ants and carry that backdrop home. <laughs> Not just that. We are evil. We are evil. We go to a friend's place and as soon as the dinner is laid out, we look at the serving ware and then we turn the plate around and then we see where they bought that plate from. Ah, that table napkin, those glasses, they would make stunning props. And then we begin thinking how we can basically borrow them, steal them, use them. So, we are evil. We are greedy. We are greedy for props. I say that we are gluttons when it comes to props. I definitely am. And there's never enough props as we move forward in our journey. And all we do is buy more and more and more. And if I asked you, how many of you actually use all the props that you have? I can bet the most common answer would be not even half of them. Yeah, well, that's pretty much my answer. And that is very, very typical because we love hoarding, we love overbuying, and we love stocking props. But the truth is that not everything looks as good on camera as it does in real life. So I have a confession. I used to be a prop hoarder. And in fact, I was bad. Like I should be in a prop hoarder anonymous meeting, like that bad. <laughs> I remember walking down the alleys. I remember being in the gullies of old streets of Bombay. And I was like in dodgy lanes. And you know, for what? For one antique folk or to buy that one vintage bowl. Like I was crazy. 
And if you ask me today, whether I've ever used that vintage bowl or if I've ever used that one antique fork, my answer would be, uh, not really. It really doesn't work for me. So while we love our props, it is so important to be mindful of what we buy. And it's not just to save some precious dollars, but it's also to make sure that what we buy actually works. And if you live in a city like Singapore, where I live, well, then saving cabinet space is precious. That is essential. It's everything, which is why I'm sharing some key considerations for choosing props for food photography. And believe you me, this is one of the most frequently asked questions so that you're not wasting money, so that you're saving space and so that you're intentional in what you create. And as you listen further, you'll know that choosing props can actually improve your photography and help you develop your style. And we'll talk more about that. All right. So I wish that I had known all this at the beginning of my journey and not ended up with cupboard full of props that don't work for me. Like there are times when I don't have space to put my clothes because it is full of plates and bowls and forks and backdrops and just junk. So I don't even want to start of how I've hoarded. I mean, it's not without reason that I say that I used to be a prop holder, but I have changed. I am a new person now. And I feel like this is so relatable, right? I feel that in the beginning of a journey, we are so excited, we are enthusiastic. And sometimes we just forget that actually the food is the hero and not that vintage platter. Or we also tend to kind of ignore like anyone who tries to advise us do not buy that prop. And we're like, huh, they don't get it. They're restricting my creativity. They don't understand. This is definitely what I will use. And what do they know? You know, so we have all these thoughts where we kind of dismiss any advice that people give us for props. And honestly, uh, we should listen to someone every once in a while because we have a tendency to over buy. And even though we want to push away the idea of being mindful about our props and work within a given selection, but having been there, I truly wish that I had had that approach right from the beginning. So today, I'm going to share how I choose props, how I have become really intentional and judicious of what I buy, how I spend my money, how it's helped me develop my style, uh, and definitely save some cabinet space. So let's start. So the number one criteria while selecting props for me is texture. I like to stay away from anything that's glossy, shiny, blingy, because what happens is when light falls on blingy surfaces, it gets reflected. And it's almost the same problem like when we deal with glassware while shooting drinks, right? That's why steel spoons or melamine plates or those beautiful polished serving platters they don't work for me. Matte surfaces are my absolute go-tos. They are my absolute favorites. First of all, they don't create any unwanted reflection. And second, they bring a lot of depth and texture to the photo itself. So often when I'm buying, let's say, ceramics for my photography, I make sure that there's no shiny, polished, glossy coating on top. Uh, oh, and also secondly, what I do make sure is that whatever ceramics that I buy, it's usually handmade, right? So I make sure that that piece is food safe. 
And yes, even if you don't have that shiny coating, it can be food safe. And as food photographers, we kind of have to pay attention to this detail uh, when we handle our props. Because let's say you put some food on a ceramics plate. And then once you're done, someone else mistakenly or intentionally goes and eats that food. You want to make sure that what they're eating is safe for consumption. So whatever props you buy, you must make sure that they are food safe. All right. So going back to gloss and matte, matte is my absolute go-to. And that's just because glossy textures are, ju- are so hard to work with. And with matte textures, I can bring depth. I can bring more texture. I can bring more interest to my photos. I particularly love props with speckles or, you know, a those delicate waves, sometimes they imitate what's on the backdrop. And I just love it. Even things like with small indentations, props with small indentations, they look really, really good. And that is because whenever we have a light texture, whenever we have a matte finish, the props actually pick up light. And those little indentations, those little speckles, those little waves, they create little tiny shadows. And you know what that does? It adds so much more depth to our photos. I just love it. The way they catch the light, it's mind-blowing. And it really makes an impact. It really makes a difference to the amount of visual interest that we can achieve in our photo. So let's talk about uh, something like satin napkins. All right. So who doesn't love satin? I love satin. I just love that when I'm seating, uh, seated on a beautiful table, and I had that satin napkin on my lap. I love it. I love to have dinner with that soft, smooth, silky napkin. But try using one in your photography. First, just try styling it. Just try folding it. Just try using it in a very artistic way. Boss, you're going to struggle. All <laughs> right. And the second thing is the moment light hits a satin napkin, of course, depending on where it's placed, it has a tendency to reflect. And that is because of the nature of that material. Why do you think that most food stylists, most food photographers end up going with cotton or linen or those kind of materials when they're adding texture to their photos? That's because first, that kind of material is super duper easy to style. I won't say it's super duper easy. Sorry, I take that back. It's a super duper easy. It's actually really hard to style napkins. Uh, the material can be styled better versus something that is smooth and silky. Cotton and linen can be folded, can be rolled, can be twisted. You do need to have a little bit of an of a practice or, you know, you need to practice that skill to really style napkins. But having said that, cotton and linen really catch light beautifully. And when you're editing, If you can add a little bit of tonal contrast, if you can add a little bit of clarity, you can add a little bit more texture to that, your photo just pops and that prop makes your photo like go boom. (laughs) So that's why we might love a shiny, glossy, blingy prop like crazy. Personally, does not work for me. What I like is something that will add more visual interest to my photo, that will add more depth, more shadows to my photo. And texture is the number one key deciding factor for how I buy my props. But there's a second consideration, and that is color. Color is 
everything in food photography, right? Like for me, honestly, I'm often inspired by color palettes and my concepts begin with a strong color palette. That's really the foundation of many of my photos and compositions. When we work with food, we actually have to work with a variety of different ingredients. And these ingredients are of different colors and different shapes and different textures, right? So you might have heard that neutral colors for props are best. And that is true. 100% that is true. That is a universal truth. All right. So whites, blacks, beige, grays, browns, fabulous choices. They are so versatile. They make your food pop irrespective of what mood you're trying to create. And so that is definitely the advantage of choosing neutral colors for your props. But but let's be a little rebellious and push the boundaries and break a few rules. But always keeping our foundation strong and keeping the lessons in photography as our guide. All right. So keeping lessons in photography as our guide. Let's push the boundaries, which is why I would love to encourage you to think of other colors for props. Let's say a pink plate. What do you think of that? I think a pink plate would work beautifully with a salad full of greens. Um, it might actually even work really well with curries and brownies, which are primarily yellow or brown. So you see how we are pairing in a very complementary color zone. So always have your color wheel open when you want to think about pairing food with props and what would complement. So pinks go really well with yellows and oranges because that's how the colors are placed in the color wheel. So I think pink would also look fantastic with sandwiches. What do you think? Because sandwiches green, sandwiches warm beige, sandwiches brown, and I think it could really pop on a pink. So think about colors of props, always keeping your food in mind. How about a blue plate? What do you think of a blue plate? I love blue. Honestly, I just love blue. One of my favorite images of mine, if I can say so, is shot on a blue plate. Uh, it's a couscous salad on a blue plate and it's one of my favorite plates. I want to use it in every single photo because of how well blue pairs, honestly, with food, particularly, again, Indian food, you know. So anything that ranges from beige to orange to yellow to brown to red, like dal or noodles or rice, I feel that food really pops on blue, unless, of course, it's green. Then we kind of have to really pay attention. Again, go open the color wheel and see where green falls, see where blue falls, see where orange falls, see where yellow falls, and then analyze why orange and yellow strike more on a blue plate versus green. You'll know why. All right. So I use the color wheel as my guide. So apart from neutrals, think of colors that will work well with the food that you photograph. And then be a little rebellious, go a little further, push those boundaries. Now, having said that, let's talk about the pattern on bowls and plates. I think a little bit of pattern is great, but too much is just, it doesn't work. It really distracts from the food because as food photographers, we are shooting the food and the prop is only complementing the story. We have to remind ourselves of that constantly keep that in mind that your food is your hero. So here's the mistake I made. 
I once I was shopping. I was prop shopping. I was actually I was just shopping. <laughs> I don't even need to go prop shopping. Whenever I'm shopping, I'm pretty much prop shopping. So I was shopping. I was in the crockery cutlery section. Well, surprise, surprise. Uh, and I saw this beautiful plate. Okay, it was matte. It was textured. It really fulfilled my texture criteria, but it also had these beautiful pink and blue flowers. Uh, it was so pretty. I couldn't resist it. I just immediately picked it up. It was not glossy. And I was like, ooh, that's a winner. Picked it up, paid for it, brought it home. Do you know that till date, I think I've used that prop maybe once, maybe twice in my photos. Like, gosh, those flowers are so pretty. Oh, they're so darn distracting, man. <laughs> Every time I put food on that plate, it just looks busy. It's like the food gets lost and honestly, even the flowers get lost. So nothing stands out. So even though I bought that plate because it was pretty, I just cannot use it. It just does not look good the moment I put food on it. So you know what I have to do now? I've actually, the once or twice that I've used it, I've pretty much used the plate as an empty prop in my photos just to get that pop of color or to bring florals to my photo. Now that's sad. That's really sad. So I'm sure we have all made those mistakes. And for me, this was a big learning. And I just try to stay towards minimal pattern, minimal mix of colors, and uh, just minimal distraction on a plate. I just always visualize what food I can put on it, how versatile that prop is. And that's how I make my choice of colors as well. So Think of what kind of food you majorly photograph. What is the kind of ingredients that you primarily work with? And then visualize them on that particular color that you're going to buy. All right. So you've already thought about texture. But when you're buying something that is not neutral, you must think about the majority of the food that you photograph so that what you're buying serves you in a bigger range so that it's versatile and it's not you're not spending those dollars just to use a prop once or twice all right so color can be powerful but color can also be dangerous and color can be a very fine line that we need to work with in food photography all right so with that we go to our third criteria which is the size of props oh yeah that's important too so when I say size, I think it's more for cutlery and crockery, like plates, glasses, spoons, forks. So personally, I just love giant platters. So you're sitting on a dining table and this beautiful platter of biryani <laughs> shows up. Or, you know, that full steamed fish or uh, let's say chicken roast or even a vegetable casserole. I think any of those foods, when it shows up like a centerpiece on the table, we love it. I love it. But only during a real meal, right? Now, try bringing that mammoth platter in your photos and you'll see. First, you'll be struggling to fill it with enough food. And secondly, you'll be struggling to fit it in your frame. It will make everything else look small and a bit out of proportion. You'll need to fit the frame more, add more props. And it's just complicating the composition. You don't need that. You don't need more 
you need to simplify and you need to work with what is optimum. All right. So we already spend so much money on our photography. Here, this is my personal opinion. All right. We spend so much money on our photography. We spend money on camera, on lenses, tripod, editing applications, props. All right. And then to cook double the amount of food just to fill in that pretty platter is not necessary. I mean, you could do it if that is the way you work, but it is not necessary to do that to create a powerful and a beautiful photo. That is not what will make your photo go from good to great. All right. That's not a criteria. So instead, I like to work with small and medium sized props. I, in fact, if I, let's say I'm going plate shopping, all right. If I have to buy, let's say I buy, I, I find this plate, all right. And it's beautiful textured and it's a nice neutral or pink plate, let's say. I buy two or three. And you know what? I buy them in three or two different sizes. So if I'm, I buy the same design, but I'll buy maybe one appetizer plate and one salad plate. And I will definitely stay away from the main course plate because they are huge. And I do not, I, I do not, it's really hard for me to work with them. So if I have to actually work with a huge plate, I would probably use it as a cake stand. I think I might also use it to place a whole pie. I could probably also use it to show a fully served plate of food. Like let's say I'm photographing Indian food and I want to show a dal with rice and pickle and vegetable and a fried uh, papadam or something, you know. Yes, then I would look for a full size plate. But other than that, a medium to small plate really fulfills my requirement I have some of these beautiful cheese boards. They are made in teak wood. They are pure wood. They look so gorgeous, but I struggle to fit them into a frame. And what I like, particularly about smaller props, is that I get to use my favorite macro lens. So I love I love my 50mm. Don't get me wrong. I love my 50mm. It, it helps me create these beautiful big compositions. I'm obsessed with my 105mm lens. and the way it captures light is just something else. And when I use smaller props, I can use my 105 mm, not just for a 45 degree angle, not just for a three fourth angle, but for a flat lay, because it's not like I need a very tall tripod for it. If my props are small, then my 105 mm really fits everything in the frame. And also, I don't need to cook too much extra and fill in those big plates. That's about plates. But if you talk about, let's say, cutlery, it's kind of the same thing. Large spoons and forks, especially like, you know, the tossing, the salad tossing spoons and forks. They look so pretty on a table, but try fitting them in a photo. So I have <laughs> I have gorgeous set of these um, spoon and fork that uh, I bought from a boutique store in Paris. That's glamorous, right? This sounds exotic. And Every time, like I'm so tempted to use it in a photo because those props are really striking. But every time I've tried to put it in a photo, it's ju it just does not work. It's too, first of all, it's too big. And second of all, it is so strong in character that it steals away from the food. So every time I serve my friends on a dinner table with it, they love it. It's a hit. But every time I put it in a frame, it's a complete 
failure. So we have to understand that what's real is different from what's meant for the camera. The camera sees things differently and we kind of have to work with scale and proportion when we put our props together. So if you have a giant fork and you put it next to your small appetizer plate, hello, your scale is out of whack. So that's not what we want. We want everything to look like it's in proportion. They're meant to be together, all right? So staying between small and medium-sized props, whether it comes to plates, bowls, cutlery, glasses, whatever, is my go-to, especially because of the way I like to use light, especially because of the lens that I like to use. And so working with proportion and scale is very important and keeping our props of the right size can help us save food, save money, and it helps us use our favorite lens. All right, so everything has to work together. And these are literally like the physical attributes, I would say, of props. But there are other considerations that we must keep in mind when we choose our props. And that really falls into who we are as photographers. So the fourth criteria to consider while we choose props is our style. I know it sounds a bit out there, but let me tell you why. So we all have a certain style, which means we like to bring a certain feel to our photos, a certain mood to our photos, which is a little part of our personality as well, right? Our own personal choices. I mean, that's our creative side. Uh, so some of us like a vintage feel, right? We, we like vintage. So we might end up using an oval platter with maybe a Victorian uh, pattern on it, all right? And some of us might like a rustic feel. So we might use those rusty baking trays or cooling racks in our photos. Some of us might be very classy and we might like to use glassware or exotic looking props. Uh, but some of us might be very traditional and we might want to use or like to use everyday utensils like skillets and saucepans and woks in our photos. So each of us has a style of our own that we like to portray in our photos. And over time, if you actually go and study your photos, you will see that over time, it becomes very evident in the props that we use. So if you're looking at your photos, ask yourself, are there any props that you end up using more than others that you end up using again and again and again because they meet your vision, because they bring the feel, because they bring the mood that you want in your photos, because they bring your personality to the photos. Now that, my friend, is how props can also define your style, how they help you in identifying your style. You just need to study and observe your own photos. All right, so I feel that rustic ceramics is very my style. If you look at my photos, it's actually full of these very irregular artistic ceramics. And that's because I like modern, but yet I like a very rustic feel to my photos. And I almost always end up using the same props because they work with my vision. I feel like that's who I am. All right, so when we have to buy props, we must try to recall what kind of props do we usually end up using? And if vintage is not our thing, then we should not be spending time walking the gullies of Bombay picking up vintage forks. 
if exotic is not our thing, then we should not be spending our dollars on a satin napkin set. It's as simple as that. So try to understand what kind of props work with your style. What is that part of your personality that you are trying to bring out in your photos? And that way, it'll keep a check on how much you buy. And it'll also make sure that what you buy, you actually end up using. (laughs) So I remember that every time I took a trip to India, I would load up on ethnic Indian props. It's not without reason I call myself greedy and a glutton. (laughs) All right. So I would load up on ethnic Indian props that would include um, maybe things like tableware, linen, even salt and pepper shakers. Nothing was spared from my evil eye. (laughs) All right. And God knows that 90% of those props have not been used ever, ever. And that is because that is just not my style. Ethnic is just not my style. My style is more modern. My style is more contemporary. And I like to mix and match that with my props. Even if I'm shooting Indian food, I like to bring that contemporary feel to my Indian food because that's who I am. Having said that, I just need to clarify one thing. Having said that, I do have a variety of props in my collection. And that is because I also work as a stylist for clients. So if you if you work as a stylist for clients, whether prop stylist or food stylist, or if you are required to bring these to the table in any capacity, then ignore my comment about being very, very selective. You actually do need to have a prop collection. Like that's why I <laughs> do have a range of vintage, rustic, exotic, ethnic, and traditional props. But for my personal projects, I literally have a very specific set of props that I fall back on. And so evaluating what kind of props fit your style, fit your personality, makes it so much easier, one, to choose the right prop. And it makes your style come out much stronger and more evidently in your work. It makes you more prominent as a photographer. So that's how strong This thinking or this observation can be when you're selecting your props. The other consideration, I think, is very important, especially because we are talking about working with clients, is to have variety or to have a comprehensive prop collection. So if you are not just working in the capacity of a photographer where you don't have to bring backdrops or any kind of styling equipment to the table, then ignore this. But otherwise, point number five is having a comprehensive prop collection. So I, again, have to confess that I just love plates. (laughs) I know I have a thing for plates. So every time I see plates, I just want to buy plates. So I have like a very lopsided prop collection where I have too many plates. All right. And I realized that I have a gap in my prop collection. There have been times when I've had to do client shoots and I don't have enough bowls. I don't have enough cutlery. I don't have certain kind of spoons that I need or certain forks that I need. And which is why my suggestion is to really pay attention to all the kinds of props that complete a prop collection of a prop stylist or a food stylist or a set stylist and not just focus on your favorites like a plate. (laughs) It is very important to have Plates, bowls, glasses, pans, trays, spoons, forks, napkins, everything in your collection. That does not mean that you have to buy the entire world 
or what it means is that you should have everything that you need to create a story, a full story, a full scene, a visual scene that a client might need from you. Let's say for me today, I have like eight different chopsticks in my prop collection. And how many chopsticks have you seen in my personal photos? Probably none. But I have Thai style chopsticks. I have Japanese style props, uh, chopsticks, sorry, not propsticks. I have Korean chopsticks. I have uh, Chinese chopsticks. I have Chinese soup bowls. And that is because I cater to that sort of a clientele. I also have Indian brass utensils. And that is because that is my job. That is what I need to bring to the table to my clients. But when it comes to my personal projects, I have a different set of props that I usually work with. So it is important to have a basic set of tableware of props that we use for our clients that we can tell them, hey, this is what we can offer. Of course, not going overboard, but also enough to make sure that we can execute our shoot and we have everything that we need to complete a visual story, especially for our clients. All right. Having said that, guys, I have to come to a very important and the last point about choosing props. I know that I have been talking all about how greedy we are and how gluttony we are, but I need to make this point. No props, no problem. Honestly, we don't always have the budget for props, especially if food photography is our hobby, right? So even if it's not a hobby, we end up spending thousands of dollars on our gear and on the food that we cook, you know, so just being able to save a little bit does not hurt. And I think it is not difficult to creatively turn our everyday items into mind-blowing props. So use what's in your kitchen, use what's in your cabinet and create a story with that. You can still be mindful of color. You can still be mindful of texture. You can still be mindful of size and reflections and everything else with what is available to you. So when I first started out, I didn't go around buying these fancy props. You will not even believe what I used for my photography in the beginning. I used these small wooden plates. Uh, they, they were small wooden boards, actually, that you put, you slide them under flower pots so that they are elevated from the floor and the floor doesn't get stained. Yeah, that was the kind of wooden boards that I used in my photography. They costed me one, a whopping one dollar and that's what I used. I, I also used cooling racks. I used baking trays. I used the edge of my carpet in my living room as a backdrop. And you know what else I use? One dollar wallpaper. Ha ha. <laughs> so we all start there and it's perfectly okay because that is secondary technique is number one. I actually had to build my prop collection because of the client work that I did. So if you're not positioned in that capacity, you really don't need to go out of the way to build something. But you know what? I still remember. I have to tell you this. What actually triggered me to think about props differently, like stop using those wooden boats from underneath flower pots. So I was in a client shoot and we had this fancy food and it was, I had my light done perfectly, but I could still see that the client was not happy and they kept making changes and changes and changes. And something struck me that, but something's bothering them. So I just, I was direct and I asked them, Hey, what's the problem? What is it that you're really not liking here? 
And they hesitated a little bit. And then they said, uh, I was actually using a bamboo plate. It was like a little bamboo plate for the shoot. And I thought it looked very like natural. And, you know, I thought that's what it brought to the frame. But my client literally pointed to that, bomb, uh, to that bamboo plate and said, that looks cheap. Uh, I don't like it. And they hesitated to tell me that because I was a prop stylist. I had brought that and they were just trying to be polite, but they kept changing and changing and changing. And I realized that what they were changing was not the problem. The problem was that prop. It was that bamboo plate. So that's when I realized that, okay, at least for my client shoots, I have to invest in good quality props. And that is because of the service that I offer. Now, if you do not offer that, this would look a whole lot different for you. I think limited props is the best thing that can happen to you. It is the best way for you to really look at your photography technique that you can still create beautiful, minimalistic macro photos when you have limited props. And that is because you can actually focus on the richness of ingredients and you can create this very striking composition with just food. Okay, sorry, that was my dog, Hachi, and she loves to bark when I'm recording. Okay, back, that when you have minimal props, you can actually focus on the richness of ingredients. You can create striking compositions with just food, and it makes you look deep into your styling technique. It makes you look really deep into your lighting and into the details that make food pop, because at As food photographers, that's what we need to do. We need to make the food pop. So yes, props definitely add to storytelling and they definitely complete a scene for us. But one can create an equally compelling photo, even with limited props, even with no props. So if your photography technique is in place, props or no props, your photo is a hit, boss. And I don't say that by the number of likes. What I mean by it's a hit is that You've nailed your lighting, your food shines, it makes someone hungry, it looks delicious. You've done your job as a food photographer then. So don't let your props hold you back. Think creatively. Instead of focusing on large compositions, which I know are a super duper hit on Instagram, you know, those big laid out tables and people pouring tea and boiling pasta. I know those things look wonderful. But when you're working on your photography skill, I would actually encourage you to use minimal props or no props so that you start observing food, you start observing light, and you start looking at what makes food come alive. And then when you bring in that added layer of props, when you bring in that added layer of complexity, you watch your photo go from good to great to wow. Which is why I say no props, no problem. You can still be an outstanding photographer if you focus on technique and taking props out of the equation can definitely help you there. So those were my pointers for choosing props, which not only help you save space, time, money, but they will also help you understand who you are as a photographer, what is the style that speaks to you, and it will help you hone your skills and technique. So it's a win-win in every way. Let's do a quick recap. When choosing props, pay attention to texture. Stay away from anything that's glossy, causes reflections. 
consider neutral or solid colors that complement the different colors of food that you shoot. All right. Think of size. Stay in the small to medium range. Do not get carried away by those pretty platters. <laughs> Always visualize your style before picking up a prop and whether it will suit your storytelling technique, whether it will suit your personality. Try to have a complete and balanced prop collection with a combination of plates, cutlery, glasses, etc. And lastly, and most importantly, do not fret if you do not have props. It's no problem. There's no end. There's no limit, honestly, to a prop collection. You can keep collecting as much. It's never enough because we are greedy, <laughs> which is why work on technique, focus on details, think creatively and grow your skills in the right direction. So the next time you see a wooden board in trash, you really ask yourself, do you really need it? Try to focus on the ants. Do not focus on the board. And the next time you pick up a pretty plate, think of how it fits your style and what value it adds to your photos. Fill in the gaps in your collection and add props with intention so that you save on to money and closet space, which is definitely something I struggle with. Okay, so happy prop shopping or not. <laughs> That's your choice. <laughs> Well, guys, I hope you found this episode useful. Sorry for all the interruptions. And if you did find this helpful, please do leave a rating and review. I would love to also hear any other topic that you struggle with or you would be interested in listening to or any specific guests that you would like on the podcast. Please share with me. You know where to reach me. Send me an email. Send me a DM. So with that, I'll see you next week with another episode. Until then, bye-bye.